been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen, he doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? It's a neighborly day in this beauty wood, a neighborly day for a beauty. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? I have always wanted to have a neighbor just like you. I've always wanted to live in a neighborhood with you so Let's make the most of this beautiful day. Since we're together, we might as well say, Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be? How many others have you done this to? What gives you the right to hand out life and death? Welcome back, friends. Uh, (laughs) Neighbors. We... We are back. It's been too long. <laughs> Way too long. Three weeks off. Wow. I think this was the biggest hiatus we have ever had. What's amazing is we took three weeks off, but we've both been working. So it's well, not like we actually took three weeks I off have. of work. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You didn't go to Hawaii. No, I didn't, I didn't go to Hawaii or Boca or anywhere. I, I, did, I, I did go out of town. I have no tan. No, you're pale. I am pale. You, you are, you, you're pale. Are you dyeing your hair or is it going gray? Or is no, it turning it, orange? Yeah, I'm dying it gray. Well, no, I mean it, it kind of looks orange. Is it? Yeah. Uh, you know, you know that orange that like old guys, old guys who still have their hair, and then they've dyed it like or Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, it, it, they keep dying it for so long that the, it eventually just turns their hair kind of bozo the clown orange. No, maybe it's the light in here. Yeah, you're, you're, I mean your hair looks positively orange. You know, yours looks a little bit different tinted. Also, <laughs> I think it's these lights. Oh yeah, well that's these are these energy conserving yeah. uh, fluorescent uh, bulbs. Yeah, well at least it's not green. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> so wow. you're listening to the world famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirla, and we've missed you. All. We're back. We're, we're back. How uh, do you miss people you can't see? Well, because I feel the energy, their vibe. It's they're, taped. they're sending out a vibe. We record right now, but I put it on. <laughs> I put it on the the Facebook that that we're we're whispering right now, and and people are we, sending their positive we, energy toward Hacienda oh, Heights, California, man. right now. It, I put a pyramid on the roof just <laughs> yeah, before I got <laughs> That's what that was. I was wondering. Yes. Hey, let's let's go ahead and take care of our housekeeping. Let's shall do we? that. The Skype hotline is Manly Durs 13 626-593-7713. I remembered that. Do we have any calls on the we Skype We do not hotline? currently have any calls. Why on do the we Skype waste hotline? our money on this thing? Uh, it's like 35 bucks a year, and <laughs> we aren't wasting our money. I'm wasting my money. Oh, oh yeah. That's, that's a good point. <laughs> I, I'm going to double check so, this guy. Sorry here. for bringing up that sort point that's there. Right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little got a little sore point. The man there. who's been opposed to monetizing the God Whispers when he pays Not, for nothing. Wait a minute. Where did where did <laughs> who designed the swag site? Me. Yeah, that's true. You that, know, that I took mean, you 10, 15 minutes. At you, least you got that sucker up bang. I that did. Thing was just well. That was up. back in my. You know, my mind worked quicker back then. I, I've I've <laughs> lost I've lost a lot <laughs> in both, the years. We both stripped some gears. Ooh. Some hard living. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh Let's see. Gmail, godwhispers at gmail.com, the uh, mothership, godwhispers.org, or .com. I keep forgetting which one is the actual one, but the other one will revert to that. And so you can watch your computer get redirected. So that's always fun. Speaking of computers, I I had a little uh, computer incident uh, the other day. Last night, as a matter of fact, as we're recording here. On what's today's date? Let's give let's give people some reference. Today is Tuesday, February twenty sixth, as we we're recording. Uh, the day you're hearing this, hopefully, unless uh, something goes terribly wrong, will be March fourth on Monday, in the throes of Lent and all of that. But no, I I, uh, I went to uh, add some pictures off my computer, and I could not find my photo library. It had disappeared. Gone. Yeah. 
I lied. We actually do have two Skype. We have Skype calls? Actually, one. One? <laughs> we have a Skype call? We, we have a missed call and a Skype call. Well... Let's uh, let's let's can can you can you cue we're, them up? Yeah, we're we're flying blind on this. So well, God only knows. But, I mean, it could be a telemarketer or <laughs> some sort of porn thing we, or something. Yeah, I don't know. So right. maybe I should you sound never the know. homeschooler alert. Just that's in right. Case. That's right. It was a pop up ad. Really, it was. <laughs> just in case. Attention. The following segment contains a homeschooler alert. Attention. The following segment contains May a contain. homeschooler alert. Do you know that I, I've read on our, our Facebook page that there are some parents who actually bring their kids into the room when they hear this? That's how sick our listeners are. That's, that's profoundly disturbing. So let's go to the All Skype. Right. Go ahead. 936 area code. I don't know where 936. that is. 936. I have no idea. I can All right. Here we up. go. Hmm? Brace yourselves. I am. Brace, keep bracing. I, I'm I'm bracing. Hey, I was just wondering about, uh, this is Mike out in deep east Texas, uh, in other <laughs> words, out in Luskin, Texas, just calling to, to mention about the, the communion and confirmation practice, and I'm uh, wondering if you guys could talk about the vows that are made at uh, confirmation and how those might be important. Talk to you later. Bye. Swirla is reaching for his hymnal, so that. <laughs> what, what are the vows? The the I for I promise I, not to forsake this upon pain I was of trying death to, or I was, having my eyes gouged. I was out trying to do that like Marco Rubio reaching for water. Okay, I was just trying yeah, to but do that. See, because you've done this, you have made the the hymnal oh, a very popular thing. It's I, a must-have item now. I, I pulled the one that's defective, and it's got it's got the the front leaves missing. So of Oops. course, I don't have a table of contents. Of course not. So of course, I don't know. There it is. Confirmation. Let's see. Hey, have you seen those Rubio water bottles that they're yeah, marketing yeah, now? Yeah. They're making a fortune off of his <laughs> little was, gaff there. That was, Talk he, about making lemonade. That's awesome. So in, in the rite of confirmation, the confirmand is is adjured to confess Christ before men. Adjured. Uh, with the reminder that he also will confess us before his father. And with the corresponding threat, if you deny him, he will deny you. And so it's kind of that's kind of interesting that that uh, the, that to do this in front of the church, but uh, there is of, also the whole thing in there upon pain of death, even or something. We're getting like there. So, yeah. do you this day in the presence of God in this congregation acknowledge the gifts that God gave you in your baptism? See, it's kind of interesting um, that uh, it, originally confirmation stemmed out of the baptismal rite itself. Are you aware of that? No, seriously. I don't Do you know. know where confirmation comes from? I was from? shutting off Skype in case somebody tried calling through, <laughs> so I don't even know no what you No wonder said. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Well, I, I am. I just didn't want that boom, 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 Oh, yeah. Boom, boom that, was signa- that was signature in our call-in show. Yeah. That was about as lame as Wolf Mueller's thing on, on, on YouTube. Did you watch that? <laughs> You know, and then then we and a, we and a bunch of our followers show up, and they act like a biker gang just crashed at your your kid's fifth birthday party. I, you know, which is about what it was. <laughs> I I don't want to put down the fine work that that Wolf Mueller and Gagline do, I, but I'm just, I will. I'm just gonna say this. <laughs> I I bested him, an iron preacher. We are a lot of things. Boring is not one of them. <laughs> well, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, tedious maybe. Um, confirmation flows out of, in the original rite, this was the bishop, the pastor, the head honcho, the big kahuna, um, acknowledging, recognizing the baptism of the newly baptized. In other words, he was confirming their baptism, or to put it bluntly, he was recognizing the gifts that God had given to them in their baptism. Do you follow me? Yes. So, they, you know, they were baptized stark naked. No jewelry, even. You could not wear jewelry. You had to be as naked as the day you entered this world. That's the way we do it at Mount Olive. <laughs> well, the... In front of the whole congregation. <laughs> no, it was off. It was off, off to the side. It was off in a baptistry. Uh, kind of like I well, will never have an adult baptized again after seeing that. Clearly, now. yeah. They're no, like, no I mean, I'm not doing it there. Well, it depends. I'll go see Swirla. I suppose it depends who you know. <laughs> <laughs> there, there'd be some adult baptisms under those rubrics that you'd be packed. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, but but and and of course, all the women were baptized. 
you know, it, as as a group by some female sort of assistant. I won't say Deacon S per se because I don't know that that office actually existed. The Lady Water Poor. Yeah, something like that. But the whole idea being that when you were baptized, then the whole bunch was brought in before the bishop, who anointed them with oil, made the sign of the cross in the oil, and confirmed their baptism. See, I can't think oh. of the name of the pool that uh, they they have in the synagogues and that sort of thing. There's there's like a baptismal is there rite of sorts. And well, they have proselyte washing. They yeah. have this notion that when you when you come enter into Judaism, one washes away right. one's one's uh, past life, gentileness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh gosh, I can't think. Anyway, it's it is interesting though that they have female attendance for the females. And yes, I mean there's this whole notion of ma- oh, even today well, hey, I think it's still done right. naked. But but it, there's this whole notion of you know modesty and you know stuff that's pretty much totally lost on our hearers. <laughs> well, that's why the Roman Catholics put up the screen in the confessional also, so that the ladies can go in and tell their ah, torrid secrets oh. and supposedly be anonymous. Torrid. As if, torrid. As if the did you say torrid know. secrets? I did. I did. Hmm. <laughs> are, so, you, are you getting a little hot and bothered over there? No, by that word? no, that... no, 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 no. Take Bill a is a um, dynamic presence. <laughs> George Takai. I mean, you know, what, what can I say? Anyway, um, do, you, uh, do you acknowledge the gifts that God gave you in your baptism? I do. So... <laughs> <laughs> do you renounce the devil? I do. It's yes, I renounce yes, him. Yes, I renounce him. Do you renounce all of his works? I do. It's yes, I renounce them. Yes, I them. renounce them. Do you renounce all his ways? Sure thing. <laughs> do you believe in God the Father? You betcha. <laughs> do you... <laughs> this is not going according to the right here. Do I you... don't have a hymnal, so... Do you believe yes, in Yes, I believe Jesus... in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Well, yeah, there that's we right. Go. Do you believe in Jesus yes, Christ, his only Christ Son, our Lord, Son, our Lord, etc.? Yes. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yeah. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? As opposed to? Me. (laughs) Do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran church? Now, you know, this always bothers me when I say that because there is a church called the evangelical Lutheran church in America. And you don't want to confess that. And I certainly don't want to be sidled up to that, you know, necessarily. (laughs) But so, you know, um, I think the correct answer to this question is it depends what you mean by that. Um, Drawn from the scriptures, as you have learned, as you've learned to know it from the small catechism, to be faithful and true. So we kind of limit the confessional. This is a kind of a confessional subscription yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's supper faithfully? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and what did I hear? We retained six percent of the youth that we catechize. So, so 90, wow. 94% renege on this. Are you serious? 6%? Seriously. I have, I, I, this is the number that floated past my ears. Wow. Last week. I'm well above average in my congregation then I got to say. Yeah, I'm about average in mine. So, um, anyway, do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith and word and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even unto death? There it is. Now, and that's only once. There's, there's one more time, too. And you say, I do by the grace of God. I do by the grace of God. <laughs> but by the grace of God, there go I. Something like that. Yeah. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church? Now, that's a capital C church. Is that the Una Sancta church? Or is that the church? Is that the, the body of Christ uh, hidden church or the visible Church as congregation See, gathering. As, as the pastor of the church, I just changed that to me. <laughs> and to suffer all, here it is again, even death rather than fall away from it. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession of church and suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? Most people won't even suffer a reduction in hours of part-time job on a Sunday morning. I actually had a couple who went all the way through catechesis with me, and we got to the right uh, at the end of the catechesis, and, and we read through it, and they got cold feet because oh, wow, they really? took that they death actually, thing no, very they, serious. They took a vow seriously. And they vanished. No kidding. Yeah. At some level, I don't know how to respond to that. I mean, at some level, one, I got to respect the integrity. Yeah. Uh, level two, it's kind of a misfiring of the right, which... which <laughs> Sort of, you know. I mean, this is, yeah. And and I think I think this this gets to the heart of it is this right? Yeah. If you took it seriously, 
they'd all be checking out. They, uh, uh, sorry, I'm out of here. You know, they'll, they'll, they'll be clicking along fine. You know, the uh, the prophetic and apostolic scriptures. Okay, no problem. Uh, doctrines of the Evangelical Lutheran Church. Yeah, as long as you mean the you know this church. month. Yeah, 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 right. Until something better comes along. Um, That's but, like the wedding vow. I promise to love you until I don't. But you then, know, but then they ought to start getting a little nervous. When you start promising to live according to the word of God, uh, you know, and to suffer all, including death, rather than fall away, it's like mm. death. Really? And then, then the clincher: Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession? That is the confession of the Evangelical Lutheran Church and this church. And I assume that means it's a capital C. It's got to refer to uh, the churches of the Lutheran confessions. You know, the confessions never created a church. And to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it. This is the point where anybody who is taking this seriously may want to step back a little bit and think about that. And, and uh, yeah, hmm. Confirmation is an enigma to me. So It's well, an enigma. I can't remember what the original is, question was. I don't even know was. what that word means. Neither do I. We're just, we're just Something about baptism and confirmation. What did we think of the, what did we think of the interrogation? The, oh. The, the, the questions in, in, in confirmation. I have, I have a, a... But it was related to baptism also. No. Yeah, well, the question was, was from our it? Skype caller. See, you're as bad as I am. Play it again. Play, well, play no, the question. because I closed Skype. But, but <laughs> the, there was the question of the correlation also of, of baptism and confirmation and all that i would say to that is that matthew 28 says go and make disciples baptizing all nations in the name of the father son and holy spirit dash teaching them everything that i have taught See, you or commanded you I, i'll tell you and and so that catechesis goes with baptism but confirmation is a ridiculous moronic thing <laughs> in in the in the prior hymnal in lw they had a very nagelian paragraph that attempted to rescue confirmation from the, the the depths of all of this and basically viewed confirmation as a celebration if you will of our lord's mandate having been fulfilled namely this person was baptized and as you put it also then taught out of baptism right, right and so the the fulfillment of that was then publicly recognized in this kind of christian bar mitzvah and and, and which is which is really what it is i i think who it is who who brought confirmation back from the scrap heap of the reformation I don't know who. Mm, pietists and then the rationalists. The rationalists. Ah. You know, the rationalists were not all that big on ceremony, but they loved confirmation. Why? Rite of passage. You well, know, this is, this is, and I I'm think, not saying this is unimportant. I think we live in a culture that has way too few rites of passage, exactly. especially for men. Well, the girls too. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the Latin cultures have the quinceanera. Right. Yeah, you know, yeah, she's yeah. 16, parade yeah. her out in front of the boys and blah, 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 you know, and then you're sorry about what happens. But, but uh, uh, you know, the whole idea is that she's marryable. Time I, to start negotiating those marriage contracts. I dated Dad. a girl who was Cuban, and she told me that it was tradition in, in her culture that when a boy turns 12, Dad takes Junior to a brothel. I wish you'd never uttered that. <laughs> I, I, I want to clarify. I was waiting. I thought maybe they were going to go bowling or something or, or go on a hunt <laughs> or do some like appropriate father-son activity. What does he, where does it end up in the brothel? Oh, we're going to end up with some hate mail from Cubans now. But uh, I want No, to, you I, love Cubans. I, I love their food especially. You like their cigars. And, and we had some El Salvadoran food, which is very oh, close to Cuban good. food. It was, it was good. That plantain amazing. was phenomenal. Yeah, but I, I want to clarify what I was saying about confirmation has become a ridiculous thing. And that's simply because we've basically taught our kids that you graduate from church now and we'll see you later. And, and that's, that's well, why I'm not a fan of confirmation the way that we do it. We give them a graduation gown and a diploma and all the goodies that go with it. And then we don't see them until they get married. Rites of passage have to be a passage into something yes. tangible. Yes. They're not just simply like, you know, a party with cake and gifts and, and envelopes full of money. 
Okay, it, it's about what the heck are you doing with that phone? Either? I was turning off the volume, but it's acting crazy. It is. It's got a mind of its own. Android, it's nuts. Good grief. Um, but there's it, this is a passage into nothingness, It's especially if it's at 12, 12 to 13. What does this mean? Oh, don't get me started on that also. You know, but, I've gone off on this on our show before, but... But, yeah, we, we take boys whose brains have just become a gelatinous tub of goo when they're 12, 13 Testosterone-driven goo. All of a sudden, their voices are starting to change. Oh, mine's still doing growing that. Growing hair so, so. in fun places. And, <laughs> and now let's talk serious about God. When there you, you go. can't even put together a coherent sentence, we're going to talk serious now. See, now, when Jesus was in the temple, being uh, engaging the teachers of the Torah in, in the temple— uh, the the last of the childhood narratives of Luke. See, this is this is important because that is the end of his childhood. You know, Luke Luke terminates that section at that point. Actually, shifts of what are you doing now? Bugging you? Good grief! I was wondering if this chair locks because it <laughs> kind of rocks. <laughs> I'm glad we don't do television. See, the the thing is, <laughs> sorry, but age <laughs> twelve. In Luke, it's the end of that Lucan that Lucan narrative of Jesus' childhood, and the reason it ends that way is that twelve was the end of your childhood. At the age of thirteen, as a young man, he would have to take his place with the men of Israel. He would have to, you know, it was now obligatory for him to come to Jerusalem for the feast with the men. Uh, prior to that, you know, could hang out with the women, could hang out with the men, didn't matter. That's why they lost him. I thought he was with you. I thought he was with you. Yeah. See? But but that was kind of their bar mitzvah. But that was a true rite of passage. You were going from child to adult without any intervening BS. It's kind of like an examination for confirmation of sorts. Well, I think I think what was going on was there they were checking in how did the local synagogue do? Ah. And how did mom and dad do? You know, was this kid ready to assume his place with the men of Israel? Little examination before the bishop of and, sorts. Yeah, and of course the, the fun part is Jesus has this like wisdom where they're all scratching their heads going, "Whoa, where did that come from?" See, so that's kind of cool. But that's see that's the end of childhood and in Luke that's the end of the childhood narrative. The next thing in Luke um, is is the baptism of Jesus. So he just skips everything in between. We have about six and a half minutes left. <laughs> you, do you, do you want to attempt the Nagel sermon? It's only we four have, and a half Lent. minutes long. You know, it's Lent. We have a short Nagel sermon. Four I, and a half minutes. Uh, you know, it's one of the Nagel um, chapel sermons. Well, you have about 10 seconds to make up your mind if you want. Go to. for it. All right, here we go. What's the text? Uh, Luke, the, 9, Luke 9, 51 9, to 58. 58. Here we go. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the church in Corinth, there was a lot of mouthing off going on about wisdom and power. Slogan words in the party strife. You got wisdom. Been to college, huh? We got power. Count the numbers. It even got ethnic. Who's number one around here anyway? We were here first. So if you want the straight, honest, to goodness old stuff, stick with us Jews. So who wants all that old stuff? If you want to be contextual, contemporary, marketable, come listen to us with it, Greeks. The apostle blows away all that hay, straw, and stubble. What's going on with their strutting their stuff is the opposite of what's going on with Jesus. What's with Jesus? He got crucified. How much wisdom, how much power is there in that? None at all. Not as man measures and counts it up. So then, let's count it up with God counting. Man's power is but a flea bite set against God's almighty power. God can whop the lot, otherwise what's the point of being God? Man's wisdom, it's not hard to outbid that either. With God's wisdom, he knows everything, doesn't he? Wouldn't be much of a God if he didn't. Outbidding, God, outbidding man's power, outbidding man's wisdom with God's power, God's wisdom, is still playing the same power and wisdom game that was ruining the church in Corinth. Crucified Jesus doesn't play that game at all. Use your eyes. Just look 
with our Lenten looking, following Jesus to Calvary. Yesterday's gospel, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. So begins the middle section of Luke, which you can only get the hang of as of telling of the one who is heading straightly toward Calvary. And every Lenten Sunday, the gradual calls us to fix our eyes on Jesus. And this is Lent 3, Oculi, from the introit. My eyes are ever on the Lord. It's only eyes on the Lord that see what it's all about. Eyes that learn their seeing otherwise can count numbers, tell sizes, and measure compulsions. And who's the big shot round here? In Corinth, they were measuring each other up according to the way of measuring that made each of them come out bigger. And that is what they were using Jesus for, to boost them bigger. But Jesus wasn't anywhere there in that. Where is Jesus? He is the one hanging on the cross. Your sins have all been answered for. There is forgiveness for you. We are given nothing else to preach. There is forgiveness for you. And so don't waste anybody's time trying out something with more of a surefire, a bowl-em-over power, more necessary wisdom. We preach Christ crucified. That's all we've got going for us. That's all. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Wow. <laughs> rightly preached go. to seminarians. Very rightly preached to seminarians. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's the thing. Nagel always understood the context of, of his preaching. You know, those, those sermons that we have, uh, the, the collected chapel sermons, always have to be heard in the context right. of uh, seminarians as the primary hearers and his colleagues. Yes. You know, you could tell when there was like a bad faculty meeting or something, you know, you'd get you'd get wind of <laughs> of just something something gone gone off the rails at a faculty <clears throat> meeting. And not that Nagel would ever uh directly or overtly address that from the pulpit, but no. you, you could tell when he was irritated and and when there were power games going on. But that's a recurrent theme with Nagel, the 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 world's way of power. And the the way of Jesus, the power of the cross and of him crucified, and that's the power that saves. So it's a it's interesting, interesting uh, sort of <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> brain lock. <laughs> Are you fading already? I am. I'm fading. I'm oh, getting. I'm a, getting sleepy now. This is a good time to to actually. Is it? Uh, is fade it? Out I, I think I. I think I had a brownout. <laughs> I, I think I had a T. What is it called? The TIA, TEA, or what? What are those little events? Yeah, the, it's, I had yeah, TIA. I think. I don't yeah, know. we need some Don Tiki. Well, this, this is Bruce Lesh. Oh, Bruce Lesh. Lesh. Yeah, this is uh, this version of Psycho Killer. <laughs> Very nice. Well chosen. We'll be back. I'm a real live wire. Psycho killer, kiss kissy. Run, 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 run away. Psycho killer, kiss
talking a lot, but you're not saying anything. When I have nothing to say, my lips are sealed. Say something once. Back to the God Whispers. I'm Craig. You're Bill. I'm Bill. Craig and Bill's excellent. I feel revived again. Thanks for that uh, jump start with the house defib there. I, I'm feeling <laughs> a lot better now. You, you know what I find amazing is back in 1980, 81, this was considered punk rock. <laughs> now, the thing that's I'll really amazing. I'll defer to your expertise. On what's that. really amazing is this is a clash, Train in Vain. That's the clash? I've heard this in the supermarket as I'm yeah. shocking. Oh, no, that's right. I mean, as Sho- I'm shopping. <laughs> we're, we're suffering. This is I the, am shocked. This is the word salad edition of the God Whispers. <laughs> I think we should just, just speak in, in random uh, random words and syllables. Well, sometimes. you know what all started before we even started recording when I said I have to go to the chicken to get some water? Yeah. <laughs> the chicken? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, there comes a point where you think maybe, maybe it's time to just unplug the microphones or, or not record. We'll we'll keep meeting and talking, but we won't actually record anything anymore because it's just <laughs> we'll set up the microphones and act like we're doing something. Yeah, right, right. This is just one step short of the home home right now, and, and I'm, I'm 48, going on 92. So before my brownout, we were, we were talking about uh, the the Nagel. Yeah, and uh, I, I I had a little sermon. Just, I, I, I mean, I now remembered what nuggets. I was going to oh, say, but okay. you had you had something you wanted to well, add. Yeah, to you know, I was kind of diagnosing this whole wisdom and power and how it plays out in in our churches in the Missouri Synod. And and you have the the canon lawyer confessional guys who think that they they're the keepers of the wisdom, and then you have the contempo hipster pastor who thinks that he's got the power because he's he's building the big congregation and everything. And and I love what Nagel does with this. He just wipes them both off the table and says, "If you're not preaching Christ and Him crucified, you're an idiot." <laughs> that's, it. that's basically it. No you, power. You, you can you can be wise and keep all the rules, or you can be powerful and be a hipster. But it all boils down to Christ on the cross. Well, and, he, and he's and he's borrowing heavily from Corinthians yeah. on that because that's the whole thing. You had this this fragmented congregation where people were boasting in their wisdom. Uh, they were enamored of Greek rhetoric and the rhetorical style. Uh, they were, um, you know, hyped up on some sort of spirituality. Where you know the super spirituals and everything else and the hyper apostles, everything was over the top in Corinth, and and Paul just brings it right back to the ground and said, you know, when I came among you, I knew nothing but Christ and Him crucified. Yeah, that's it. You know, game over. But you're right. I mean, you have all these all these little power things that go on in the church. Yeah, all the clicks and the... and well, and and the, these are ways to to get get things kind of rolling my way, the way I think. That they should go because hey, I got a vision. Yes, you know I'm visionary. Yeah, oh yeah. I'm, I'm just putting those words. Those are foreign words to my mouth. I haven't had a vision since uh, the college days. Although, but we're I, not, I we're not going to talk about that. I've probably talked about this before, but I interviewed with one congregation and I asked them, "What do you see the pastor's job 
as as being you know how does a pastor spend his 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 day and they said envisioning and empowering and i said i don't even know what that uh, means yeah <laughs> i'm yeah. not sure what you're talking the, about th- this is that's that point at any <laughs> was this a face to face no 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 this was a phone interview oh yeah then a phone is really good because you can just use absolute dead silence <laughs> crickets you know you get like 10 <laughs> seconds of very dead air uh huh and I'm, yeah. so, I'm sorry. I seem to have lost my train of thought there for a second. Did 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 you say envisioning and empowering? You know what I should have said. You're so wise, but like a miniature Buddha, covered in hair. <laughs> covered. In that's that's what I should have said. I probably would have gotten oh. the call if I said that. The, the other the other Nagel device <laughs> I would like to point out because I, I am kind of a student of rhetoric, and I, I you know it's it's my ISTP nature. Isp. Uh, you can't, there's no way you can say that properly. It's but, uh, stop. Uh, it's my ISTP nature to take things apart. I mean, I, you know, I was, even as a child, I, I took, they knew, keep things away from me because it would be in pieces all okay, over the floor. Now here, but I'm an ENTP, and I was known as Captain Destructo as a child <laughs> because, like you, well, no, I took everything apart. For different reasons, But can though. never get it back together. Yeah, well, that's... <laughs> Therein, therein lies one of the differences. Could you I get, suppose. Could you get stuff back together? Usually, usually. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you, you learn though by taking things apart. I, I could say occasionally. I, I, I like to. I like to. I like to. And I, I think it's good practice for preachers always to uh, take apart the sermons of others and, and kind of look at how the pieces fit together. But Nagel always does something that I really enjoy. And, you know, he was ahead of his time in what was late, would later come to be known as narrative preaching, is that he retells the narrative. He loves preaching on the Gospels. He retells the narrative. It's the Jesus story. Yeah. It's all about Jesus and the story. And you're right in there. You're right in the middle of it. It's very immediate, and it's very cool. And and he analyzes the Jesus story for its law and gospel dimensions, and, and it's beautiful. Uh, but he never does that overt, overtly. You know, he doesn't say, the law is this, and now I'm going to preach the gospel, and this is this, and, you know, all this. But the, the thing that he always does... About the last third is that it all, all of a sudden becomes true preaching, proclamation, you, your sins, see? And, and so all of a sudden, what was about the disciples and Jesus and the Pharisees and whomever else now becomes about you and your sins and Jesus as your Savior and your baptism and his body and blood for you. And so there's this, <coughs> this, this huge for you dimension that 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 comes in, but Nagel always does that. If you listen to any of his sermons, uh, he goes from the narrative to the for you, and that and that's kind of my out when I'm when I'm like putting together one of these uh, Saturday night specials, which is pretty much my norm for preaching. <laughs> is you you uh, if you realize that you have not been actually proclaiming law and gospel, just talking about it or rehearsing it, the way out of that is very simple. Just shift the whole narrative to you, you know, you know, and so with you. I know we need to get to the third use of the law sooner or later here, but I, I think that what you just mentioned was is such an important point for hearers and pastors, is that the Word of God is alive, and it does something. And you can preach about the gospel, or you can preach the gospel, and it's, it's different. You know, you, you can preach about Jesus, or you could preach Jesus for you, which mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. That's right. That is preaching the gospel into people. But you can just tell nice stories about Jesus, and that's preaching about the gospel. You know, it's a little bit like the difference between saying, Jesus said, this is my body, and saying, this is my body given for you. See, that, that's why that's, our yeah. confessions make a big point of this. It's not the historic recitation of the words of institution that, that caused these things to be. It's the very word of Christ. Yeah, especially as you're putting the host either in someone's mouth or in their hand, the body of Christ. For you. For you. Yeah, and yeah. I, I think that's, that's, that's vitally important. That the gospel lies in the for you, like the catechism yes. says. Yeah. Those words require all hearts to believe. That's the faith thing that's going on there, well, the and for you. Likewise, the law also resides in the you suck. <laughs> I mean, it, right. it's, it's you. <laughs> yeah, right. You, this, is not a general, this is not a general opinion of which we are inviting you to perhaps identify right. if you so choose. Right. It's you suck. Yeah, you individually, Singular. each and every one of you, 
Seth. You know, there's a, another slight nuance to that that, that, that I, you just made me think of, is I've become much more conscious of when I say you in, um, in preaching, I try not always, but most of the time to make it you in the singular, not the plural. Hmm. Because if it's you in the plural, it sounds like you just, just sort of bad-mouthing and abrading your congregation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and see, the outsider could um, the visitor, the guest, could exclude themselves from that you by saying, I don't belong yeah, here. What's wrong with this? And he's people? not my pastor, so why should I listen to him? Yeah. I've been known to say you, not the person in front of you, behind you, or beside you, you. Yeah, now that's that's explicitly singular, <laughs> but that's that's what I'm talking about, is the you is not you, uh, the all you all. Right. Uh, but but it's, it's you, the individual hearer. So like when we say, I forgive you all of your sins, if we had a singular plural distinction in English, it would be singular. I forgive you. And each individual hearer is to hear it for himself or herself as though nobody else were there. See, I, I had a church in Missouri, and so I learned about y'all, all y'all, and then there's yuns. Yuns? And I'm not sure where Yuns Yuns is in. a mid that's an upper that's a Midwestern thing. <laughs> but Missouri's conflicted. Yuns. Yeah. M- Missouri's de- that's a deeply conflicted state. I, I just don't know where Yuns fits in. Oh, well they didn't know quite know where they fit in either. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> so we're talking uh when we last left off, before we went on extended and deep hiatus, uh some people thinking we might never Emerge. You know, I got a letter from Rudy who, who seemed he, he heard Rudy, Rudy, fresh and fruity. He, he he heard voices from the abyss. I'm not talking to Rudy anymore. Why? Well, we've we've had a difference of opinion over oh. Canadians being French, and I I informed him that French is an official language of Canada. Therefore, they are um, French. Oh, and and he he doesn't agree, and he's just wrong. And that's all there is to I it. I side with Rudy on that. Although I do realize that Canadians are French people who bathe. So that's good. <laughs> well, see right there. You know, I mean, if you bathe more than once a week and don't and don't just simply slather yourself with cologne. Right. Right. Uh you may not actually be French. Although Canadians are given to, to rubbing bacon grease on themselves if I'm not mistaken. Uh practice that shouldn't be like criticized too heavily unless well, one great, tries great it. Great for your hair. Great sheen. Sheen. It's fantastic. I like No, let's just leave it. <laughs> I I was about to form a thought, and then I'm thinking, no, not every thought needs to be expressed in podcasting. Just like not every thought needs, not everything needs to be blogged about. Not every thought needs to be expressed. Yeah. For some people, they have to. They do. They can't help it. They can't, they can't leave it be. Third use of the law. Third use of the law. Why three <laughs> uses of the law? Let's let's review. Let's review. At the outset. At the outset. First use cops. We yeah, that's right. We acknowledge. Second um, use, you suck. Third use, instructor. <laughs> I like that. Use number one, commonly known as the curb. We call it Cops. The cops. Yeah. Uh, use number two, uh, ordinarily catechetically known as the mirror, you say. You suck. That's basically yeah. it. And uh, use number three or function number three? Instruction. Instruction. Now, Teacher. here's the question. Why do we need to be instructed? Uh, because in our fallen natures, we don't automatically seem to want to follow God's law. Correct Correctamundo. Yeah. But, but here's, here's, the key, here's the key thing. In our fallen natures, in our... Adamic nature. Here comes the symbol. The symbol, folks. It's, it it's all about the symbol. Yeah, it's the symbol. But but that but that's it. Is if we were not symbol, if we were free of our Adamic nature, which I assume that's what you mean by fallen nature. Yes. Uh, our, our our being in Adam. If we were free of all that, would there be a need for any of the law? Would we need the cops? No. Would we would we suck? No. And would we need instruction? No. There you go. So, the law in any of its functions speaks only to the old man, the sinner. If you could just keep the first commandment, you'd be set. Well, does does the new man in Christ keep the first commandment? No. Well, oh, oh, the oh, new oh, man oh, in oh, Christ. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And 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 but how? For, but how? Oh, yes. I've read about that. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> what did somebody call that? Soundboard Tourette's. Yeah. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. What were you saying? Does, <laughs> does the, does, does the Does the new man in Christ keep the first commandment? The new man in Christ does indeed, sir. He has the mind of Christ. He has the spirit of Christ. I'm just going with imputation. Oh, I, I'd go even further. He he has the mind and the spirit of Christ, Paul says. Well, it's simply, you know, because God said so. I like this, though. I mean, <laughs> this, is, this, this is from the Solid Declaration. All right. Okay? The law. And I'm reading, uh, those of you following, uh, playing the home game, uh, that this would be uh, Solid Declaration. De- 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 wow, voice cracking. Our, our libertarian Tung-hung. economist friends perk up when they hear that, the law. They, they think Bastiat, Bastiat right away. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, oh Solid wait, Declaration, Article 6, Third Use of the Law, Reference 22. Reference 22. Taffert 567. It reads, The law demands a perfect and pure obedience if it is to please God. It does not teach us how and why the good works of believers are pleasing to God, even though in this, in this life... They are still imperfect and impure because of the sin of our flesh. There is the Adamic nature, the semel, okay? We're both. But the gospel teaches us that our spiritual sacrifices are acceptable to God through faith for Christ's sake. See, the new man keeps the first commandment through faith for Christ's sake. In this respect, Christians are not under the law, but under grace. Because their persons have been freed from the curse and condemnation of the law through faith in Christ. Though their good works are still imperfect and impure, they are acceptable to God through Christ because according to their inmost self, that's the new man, the inner, you know, outer, Paul does the outer inner, Mm -hmm. outer man, old Adam, inner man, new, new man. They do what is pleasing to God, not by coercion of the law, but willingly and spontaneously from the heart by the renewal of the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, boy, look how they go back and forth. Nevertheless, they continue in a constant conflict against the old Adam. Here's the kicker. For the old Adam is an unmanageable and recalcitrant ass. It says donkey. They said ass. No, it said, well, it says donkey, but the word was ass. Azel? Yes. Very good. Auf Deutsche? Very good. You knew that. Yeah, ja, und ja. <laughs> ich habe eine Blechtologie hier. <laughs> you knew that. I have a little note right right on top of that word there. And you you just pulled it, boom, out of thin air. Yes, because I've been known to call people doomer azels on a regular basis. So This recalcitrant mass <laughs> is still a part of them and must be, now listen to this, must be coerced into the obedience of Christ, not only with the instruction, admonition, urging, and punishing and threats of the law, but frequently also with the club of punishments and miseries until the flesh of sin is put off entirely and man is completely renewed in the resurrection. There he will no longer require either the preaching of the law or its threats and punishments, just as he will no longer require the gospel. In so the resurrection. The old man is weak on sanctification. The new man is sanctified. Exactly. There you have it. You know, and the, you know, the big joke, the, our friends with the weak on sanctification t-shirt. And what do we say? The old, the old nature could use a t-shirt. Yeah, sure could. I mean, he's not only weak on sanctification, he sucks at sanctification. He does indeed. And needs the law constantly by coercions, threats, <clears throat> punishments, etc., etc., not to mention uh, misery and inflictions of suffering in the flesh, he needs to be brought into cooperation. See, and I think that's where this whole business of this whole, you know, the pseudo-antinomian stuff yeah, that's going yeah. on, I think that's where this whole business derails, imprecise speaking. Imprecise speaking. Of course, Christians need to hear the law because they have to basically beat their old natures to cooperate with the program. Hmm. Yes. You know, David said, I was glad when they said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Who's glad on Sunday morning? You know, <laughs> kids have been up all night. You're bait. You're tired. You're hungover. You know, you don't want to go. You're not glad. The new man couldn't be gladder. He rejoices. He delights. He can't wait uh, to get to the house of the Lord. And the old Adam says, uh, why don't we just snooze in this morning? Huh? Can we push the snooze button on that? You know, you, you may know the answer to this. I'm assuming that when David says, I delight in the law of the Lord, in the Lord's law, however. Yes. 
I'm assuming that the word there is Torah, which also means teaching, I, instruction. I, I and think that's a things. safe assumption on that. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm not staring at that in front of me, but uh, that would be a safe assumption. So, Torah teaching. Do Do you think that law is actually a good translation of that? If it is Torah. No, uh, no, and that's kind of the inheritance from Greek. Namas gets Torah gets translated namas. Yeah, and I think, uh, and I, I don't have the data for this, but I, I'm guessing that if I were to do the research, and I'm just too damn lazy to do the research, but uh, you would find that namas is a broader thing than what we consider legal principle, or like we talk about here, the third function of the law. Right. I don't think that's what that that doesn't fully embrace namas. Yeah. Uh, namas namas is probably you know what we would consider commandment plus teaching plus descriptions of how things are. You know we we use that word as like laws of nature or laws of physics, uh, things like that. And those aren't uh, laws in the way of commandments. Those are descriptions of how things behave or the description of how things are ordered in, in creation. So we have that, that looseness about law, yeah. too. Principle. I, I was just thinking about this because uh, I heard a praise song recently that they were singing, I delight in the law of the Lord, like over and over. And I'm like, serious? Really? Yeah. Y- you think yeah, so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you can't fault that 100% because they're just they're just basically saying the psalm. Yeah, uh, in English. And well, what's amazing is the focus on the most law-centered parts of Psalms. <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> That's inevitable. Let, let, let me just check this. I, I called this up on on my uh, on my concordance program, and I have to make the letters really big so I can read them. Uh, for example, Psalm one two. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates uh, day and night. And so, and in both phrases of that, or both sides of that, it's Torah. Hmm. Um, let's see. I delight to do thy will, O God, thy laws within my heart. Psalm 40, verse 8. That's 9 in Hebrew. And uh, there it is. Again, the, the, the law that is in one's heart is the Torah. Um, and Paul, well, uh, and I was going to, you know, Paul. <laughs> no Hebrew there, huh? Uh, yeah, that's my dot, dot, dot. Um, I long for thy salvation, O Lord, and thy law is my delight. You know, it's a constant theme here. Um, and, and again, it's, it's Torah. In fact, each one of these, uh, just scanning over, it's Torah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think we bias that hearing just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say we bias that 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 hearing in Romans. Uh, let me click to Romans for if you keep that thought. There's a good, I think, a good thought in Romans three. Good parallel, yeah, kind of thing. Have um, you ever had a checkup? <laughs> it's, uh, end of Romans three. What becomes of our boasting? It is excluded on what principle? On the principle of works? No, on the principle of faith. For we hold that a man is justified by faith apart from works of law. Now, see, namas throughout this section in, in Romans, that's namas in, in Greek. And we've been saying that namas generally translates Torah. So what if it's Torah that he's referring to here? So, Wait, another, so, so read it. Read it one more time. Well, let me get to the end, though, that. okay? So, so he, he basically, hit, I think, and, and John Grothy makes this point, and I think it's a, an important oh, one. Works of the law. So yeah, works, works of, of Torah. The Torah. The works of the Torah. Of, um, and so, or is God the God of the Jews only? Is he not also the God of the Gentiles? Yes, of Gentiles also. See, the very people who do not have Torah. But they have the Torah, the works of Torah written in their hearts, Romans right. 2. Sure. Uh, Since God is one, he will justify the circumcised on the ground of their faith and the uncircumcised through their faith. Here's the clincher, uh, Romans 3.31. Do we then overthrow the law by this faith? No, by no means. On the contrary, we uphold the law. Now, you can, can hear that as law narrowly, the way Lutherans hear it. We uphold the law, the commandment, through faith. That would be through imputed righteousness. Or you could hear it in the way of Torah. That see the to- and this this is a fundamental um, this this is a fundamental thing in in Paul's gripe with Judaism is 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 the Torah a Torah of works or is it a Torah of faith? 
Ooh. And see, his his he's coming down decisively, though he is a trained Pharisee, convinced it's a Torah of works. So you would be saying Torah as teaching, as teaching, is a teaching of, of both works? law and gospel toward the goal of faith. You wow. see. And that's what Romans 3, you know, a righteousness of God apart from the law. Now, see, that can't be Torah, uh, has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. The Torah mm. and the prophets testify. Wow. See, so there's, there's, there's something going on there. You've got to be really careful. I, I think when you read this, just every time you see law, just try it out. I'm not saying it works every time, right, and right, it certainly right. doesn't work in Romans 3.21 in that area, because, because there you know, he's making a distinction between the law's legal principle and the Torah of Moses that also teaches this righteousness of faith through the atoning blood of Christ. That's a that's a great thought. But see, well, I, barbecue my ham hocks. <laughs> Foghorn didn't, didn't see that coming. But, I did, but, no, I did but, I mean, not that's, see that's, it You coming. just barbecued my ham hocks. That's, <laughs> that's that was a little bit of a mind blower. You but just but threw I, at I me. think you know, getting back to third use, I think if we would look at it from the perspective of Seymour, we'd all relax about this a little bit. Yeah, that because we are simultaneously. Um, unjust and just, simultaneously sinner and saint. That you know, and somebody would argue, well, no, 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 the Bible never says we're both. You got to read Romans seven and eight together as one, not as a sequence. First I was this, now I'm that. Yeah. But to walk in the flesh and walk in the spirit is the dichotomous tension of the Christian life. It's why we are con- in continual need of repentance. Well, yeah, but if the problem with what you're saying, Bill. Is if it if it works when you this use way, my name, I know I know nothing good is going to come of this. If it works this way, no. then there are certain bloggers who who can't <laughs> well, insist yeah, that they're gonna, right all the time. It's gonna put you out of out of business. Yeah. See, see, so so if if you're a certain blogger on either side of the issue, uh, you have to maintain your side of the issue. Otherwise, you're not going to have anything to carry on about. See, and that's why the twin sons of different mothers, you know, <laughs> antinomianism and legalism, these are twin sons of different mothers. But it's, you know, it's basically the same error. It's an error in the law. Yeah. And it's a denial of the semel. Okay, the antinomian says the Christian is only saint. Has no need of the right, law. Right. Uh, the the legalist is basically saying that the Christian is basically sinner and sort of a pretend saint, you know, kind of saint by and by in the sky one day, kind of that kind of thing, or a saint quote unquote, you know, not really, just yeah. just a worm of a sinner. Right. Uh, but you know, the the sinner saint thing is as much of a paradox as Christ being two natures, one person, total, total. Well, and and this is why when I was Coming into Lutheranism, this was the one teaching that made my house of cards fall apart. Was the you idea had a house that of I, cards? Yeah, my you played faith, cards. My faith oh. was a house house of cards. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, I actually picked up some cards at the dollar store the other day from a casino, <laughs> but that's beside the point. Wow. But, but it, when I when I came to that understanding that I am a saint and a sinner at the same time, all of a sudden my world fell apart because my my fundamental worldview. Couldn't accept that. I mean, yeah, it, it see, just collapsed. That the problem with your so-called fundagelical, which really sounds like something the good humor ice cream man used to sell, you know, back mm, on the corner of grammar school. Nice cold fundagelical on that's, a summer day. You know, when it's hot, nothing, nothing quenches a thirst like a fundagelical. <laughs> um, but the, 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 the problem... It sounds like a cocktail, it, like some well, sort of coffee it, drink. It could be. It could be yeah. goosed up with Kahlua. <laughs> <laughs> but see, the problem with that whole approach is that it lives in denial of the existence of what Paul calls the outer man, the Adamic flesh, the sinful nature. That's still very much the reality of a Christian's life. We don't live in denial of it. In fact, we ought to live in, in, in truthful, conscious acceptance of that as our reality and continually repent, rethink the whole thing, come to a new recognition. Well, I think that this is part of what makes Lutheranism a little bit unique in the world of Christendom is is that we are willing to embrace these things to both be true at the same time. Some might say it's paradoxical. We just say it's biblical. Thank you for that summary. Yeah. We'll see you next time. Hey, what do you think about this song? You know, we should use this as a closing number. He taught me how to live my life as it should be. He 
Good night, Dad. Bye, Mr. McKenzie. Fine, go, you've stayed your hour. All right, away and go with your mother, all right? And while you're there, why don't you try one of her bras on you, wee girl? You know that. William, move your head. <laughs> the Jesus is a friend of mine is a frightful confusion of the law and the gospel. <laughs> it is what it is. Is it? Is it a bad? Is it? It's legalism. Well, according to this guy, Jesus teaches us to do all sorts of weird stuff, like write stupid songs. Oh, that's even worse. I don't know. I think it's a little extra biblical. Jesus is a friend of mine. Jesus is a friend of 